Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 3 p.m. on Monday, the 3rd of August. On today's show, we'll attempt to find our feet and sum up everything that has happened in the world of basketball these last six months. We'll also be diving into the NBA bubble as we charge to the playoffs. We're ready to go. It's time for tip-off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. JL, how are you, mate? Good. Thank you, Nath. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Looking forward to it. My gosh. I think the last time we actually recorded was on the 7th of February or something like that, which is now, we're in August. It's the 3rd of August. That's that's pretty much five months. Or it's, is it it's more? Six months. It's been it's been a minute. Um, but it's been a chaotic, chaotic six months. A lot's changed in the world, but it's good that finally the NBA's back and we've got something to talk about. What what have you gotten up to in these uh, coronavirus times in the big break? What what's been happening in your life? Uh, very very little. Um, as as a lot of people in their 20s did with no passion in their life, I've started making some sourdough bread, um, mm. tried to perfect my pizza dough recipe, a um, bit of exercise here and there, a lot of good beer, but really there's nothing There's nothing to brag about right now. It's a, it's a pretty cruisy part of my life, but it's definitely getting a bit repetitive and a bit boring. Yeah, and uh, for all our listeners not from Melbourne or Australia, especially Melbourne at this time, Currently, Melbourne is uh, the worst. Uh, sorry, Victoria is the worst state of Australia. Um, right as we speak, our premier of the state is about to announce even further harsh stage four restrictions. We are just in the thick of it at the moment. We thought we got out of it originally, but now we're right back in it and even worse. Um, so, nothing to do but watch the NBA bubble pretty much. So personally, I since we last spoke, right before it seemed to really uh, get a lot of popularity in the Western world, I went to the USA and I uh, checked out my Philadelphia 76ers against the Los Angeles Lakers. It was so fun for me to see a game where Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were both injured right when I go. Um. I also got to see uh, Big Banger Baines, Aaron Baines, set the record for the most points ever scored by an Australian in a game. And that's something worth seeing. That's more exciting than anything Ben Simmons or MB could pull out together. That's it. I think it was it was thirty seven points or thirty eight points. He just kept raining in the threes, and yeah, we just me and uh, 
me and my mate James just happened to be there in uh, Phoenix against Portland, and that was a great night. And personally, I thought that the Phoenix atmosphere was much better than the uh, Lakers atmosphere. Sorry to all our Lakers fans. And then before, we, we went and saw a college game as well in Phoenix, and then we were sitting in our hotel room in New Orleans on the first night there watching the the NBA, of course, and this is just when all hell broke loose. Uh, the OKC Jazz game, just about to tip off. Players are ready to go, and a referee or official or something. What was it? They, there was they ran one out. Of the, one of the team doctors got Rudy Gobert's results back minutes before tip off, and he was the the Usain Bolt of the NBA for a little while there, and just sprinted out and broke the news. And yeah, that's it. And uh, Actually, it was so funny because all these, especially back home in Australia, Australians were really talking about the coronavirus and really acknowledging it and starting to, you know, do the appropriate precautions, take the take the precautions. But America wasn't really, especially the West and the Central America, wasn't really caring about it as yet. So us in America on holiday weren't really noticing it that much right in front of us. But the the NBA had already started talks that day on Wednesday, March 11th, and basically came to a consensus, I believe, that from the next day, Thursday the 12th, there would be no crowds. And then what do you know, go bear, uh, test positive. And I remember the Woj tweet that had something like 300,000 likes now or something that just said the NBA is suspended. One of the uh, biggest tweets well in our yeah. li- in our NBA lifetime anyway. That was huge news. That was that was just crazy. Um anyway, so that was March eleventh. That starts our little timeline of events uh leading up to where we are now. And then the next day, Donovan Mitchell he tested positive as well. And then of course the rumors started to go around that he was uh, unhappy with Gobert. Of course, Gobert, um, I don't know how many days before, but he was, there's that video of him touching all the microphones in the <laughs> what press a, room. What a, <laughs> uh, I just can't even comprehend what he was thinking here. And like, that wasn't the reason he caught the virus. Well, it might, like, very unlikely that's the reason he got the virus and he very unlikely spread it to anyone, but just, it just showed how, how he didn't take it seriously at all. And it's just so funny looking back on, but it was so stupid at the time. <laughs> like, you, it, oh, yeah, it couldn't have, in a way, it just so ironic that it had to be him that sort of shut down the league. And, and then he did cop a bit of uh, flack, you know, a bit of stick about being the guy who was rubbing all the microphones. Anyway, so Donovan Mitchell wasn't happy. And then Adam Silva said on March 12th as well somewhere that, um, I think it was on TNT that uh, the NBA will be off for at least 30 days. Little did we know. So it ended up being a four or five five month break between. It was longer than basketball. An, longer than an NBA off season. So it's yeah. been it's been a long while. So moving to March 15th, and Woj reports that team owners believe the best way to go about things would be to play in front of no fans starting at the end of June. This is just part of a whole bunch of like stuff that talks between the officials, the you know, the board of governors and the owners and the players that just just kept 
it was the worst time to just sort of be a fan of sport in all these sports because it's just oh, okay, a bit more false hope. I, I, I think both of us agreed. You know, we've spoken before that we didn't think the league was going to happen. No, well, I was very surprised when it did. Well, not not surprised. Cause it did sort of unfold slowly, um, but at that time when it did start and Gobert tested positive, it looked like for a while there the season was going to be scrapped. Yeah. Um, anyway, so and then just a bit more in March, there was so there has been so many players um, that have been tested positive in March. Um, there was KD and a few other Brooklyn players. I think um, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Christian um, Wood of the Pistons. Yes, yeah, they were the first sort of ones. Yeah. Um, you could make a very good roster with the COVID nineteen yeah. lineup. There's just it was it's too many to list. Like there, so many players basically tested positive for COVID nineteen. Even Baines, we mentioned Baines. He has not yet played in the bubble because he just sort of got there and hasn't had the chance to sort of warm up because he had coronavirus and he was saying, like just recently, um, he had coronavirus and he was saying that it was was pretty bad. Like he slept for two days straight or something like that. Um, So it just looks like in in the USA that, you know, every man and his dog sort of basically got the virus. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how it, affects different people. Like Marcus Smart had no symptoms at all his whole time through it. And then, yeah, you say how Bain struggled with it. So it's just interesting how how it can affect people so differently. And I suppose that's all through the viral load, which, you know, scientists are just starting to work out. But it's been just chaotic the last few months, just watching yeah. it all from the outside and just seeing how different players talk about it. And then we move into April and I'd say, I guess, for the league, probably the saddest news um, Carl Anthony Towns' mother, Jacqueline Towns, dies age 59 uh, due to complications from COVID-19. And there was just, a, of course, there was just an outpour of just um, support for Cat. And, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I can't imagine being in his position. That would be really terrible. And it's, I mean, we can go on forever, but the, the amount of people that aren't taking this virus seriously and you get to see that on social media, to be in a position like Carl Anthony Towns where he's lost his mother from it, you'd be really, really frustrated. Yeah, and like even the fact that there are players within the bubble that are refusing Mm. to wear masks, um, especially when Carl Anthony Towns is, you know, he's looking in from the outside as well. He's not there. But, Mm. you know, next season – going into those games, I'm sure he's going to take it personally um, because it's such a big loss and such a sad point of his life and there are players that still refuse to to look at look at what's going on and take any responsibility. Yeah, and so moving on, on a more upbeat note, this is this was just so pathetic. I, I barely even I had to sort of research this. The on April twelfth and then April sixteenth, I believe it was like a Monday and then a Thursday. NBA game of horse with uh, who was it? There was Trey Young and there was Zach Levine. There was Paul a Pierce. couple of yeah, Billups, I think. Yeah, Billups. Yeah, and there was a couple of WNBA players, um, and I and I can't remember the rest. But this was this is just shows how desperate 
I think the whole world, <laughs> anyone who even, I'm sure there was probably a, a couple of, you know, me and yous that even, you know, watched it and just, hey, there oh, was There was sport. no way I was going to tune into that. <laughs> I saw, I watched like a few videos of it that were on Reddit afterwards and just, it was so bad, the lagging. And I was like, thank God I didn't sit down and try and watch this live <laughs> because it was absolutely atrocious. Like, I mean, good on, I think it was TNT that put it together. Maybe it was ESPN. Um, mm. And the NBA, good on them for trying and, you know, in a dire situation. But, geez, it was, it was absolutely awful. Yeah, no, I, I honestly didn't see anything of it. I didn't pay much attention. And, honestly, this is the story of basically following all sports in this past, you know, six months. It's just I started to, you know, I feel like get a bit smarter, you know, I found my brain a bit without sport because I was just so numb. I was so numb to sport and just so sad about it not being around that I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to this shit, you know, NBA, game of horse. And There's better things to be worried about in your life. The, the, yeah, the bad quality. Uh, the, uh, uh. Anyway, let's move on. April 19th, this was good. The last dance got moved up from June 23rd because people were so bored and it dropped on ESPN, I believe, in the USA and maybe Canada and Netflix internationally. What do you think of The Last Dance? You're going to kill me, Nafe, but I still haven't even finished it. Um, oh, what? Yeah, I think I'm the only basketball fan that hasn't. Um, oh. I have my reasons, though. I And you know me, I'm, I'm a big passionate basketball fan. So like the 98 bull season, I already knew kind of like, I knew, I knew it pretty well. So watching it, it was just painful for me because it was so one-sided and so biased. It just annoyed me, but I genuinely couldn't sit through it without getting pissed off. So I will finish it one day. Those three episodes have been sitting there for God knows how long, but I just, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I just, I didn't need to watch Michael Jordan's perspective on on what happened because I've already looked at it from a, a non-biased point of view. Yeah, I mean, I will admit that I felt that Twitter and I guess, yeah, NBA Twitter and all that, I felt like everyone pumped it up so much and it, it wasn't that good. Like it wasn't riveting. I wasn't, you know, at the edge of my seat at the whole time. Yeah. However, um, yeah, I, I'm still yet to – to really dive in. I mean, I'd seen a lot of the games and the footage. I knew a lot of the results that were going to come in the documentary. But seeing the the Dennis Rodman episode was, yeah, it was good. Like just to, I didn't know that he took off for for a day or whenever that was. Yeah, um, 24 hours and it ended up being however long. But yeah, no, yeah. He, Dennis Rodman's got a great story from start to finish, like pre-NBA. Yeah. Um, but I just... I don't know, just like the things that annoyed me were just like how, first of all, social media annoyed me so much watching this. Like all these players, I think Trey Young was yeah. one of them, were tweeting it like, yeah, 100% now that Michael Jordan's the GOAT, wasn't sure before now. I'm like, But it's like if LeBron came out and made a documentary, I don't want to open up the GOAT debate because it's not worth it. But if LeBron yeah. came out and made a documentary himself or his team made it, of course you're going to think LeBron's the GOAT. Yeah. Like, it was just how it was persuading people was just ridiculous to me. I believe that Michael Jordan, that the the simple the simple statement was that he accepted to do it and release it if it was on his terms. And there, I think it was Rachel Nichols reported, and I don't know if this was ever confirmed, but I hope it is. 
they'd approached him to do it for a while and he always said no. And then the day the Cavs had their championship parade, Jordan approached him and said, yep, I'm ready to do it. So it's just a bit of perspective of what the end goal was there. Wanted to try and get back in the conversation sort of thing, settle it. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on. May 8th, uh, Adam Silva has an hour-long call with the players explaining the loss of revenue and pitching the ideas of returning to play in either Las Vegas or Orlando and basically the consensus that, if you believe the reports, is that the players wanted to play. There was also, I think, an informal survey that got sent around to the players, yes or no, and the gist is that most of them wanted to play. And this was this was great to like see as a fan because it shows the players are, like they genuinely love their job. Obviously, there's being an NBA player. There's always going to be a few negatives, but the positives will outweigh that, you know, a hundredfold. But yeah. in a situation like this, it could have been easy for them to be, like, you know, now nah, I'm happy to take six months off. But it was just great as a fan just to see that still there's still the passion there for for the players and the fans as well. Obviously, as we're all tuning into it. That's it. Like when you think about it. Like if you sort of put yourself in those shoes, I know everyone's different, but personally, I think I would say that as much as gone on in these in this time, um, like there's a reason why these players are so good. It's because at well most of their careers and probably their whole life, they love the game of basketball, and I'm sure they were just itching to sort of get out there and play. And so, as much as the coronavirus and as we'll speak about soon, the social justice stuff, um, you know, has been something that they don't want to uh, distract from and also impact with the coronavirus. You can't help to feel that to like, you know, these guys want to go out and play. And if the NBA is going to set up a safe bubble, then sort of why not? So now moving on to May 15th, this is one of the highlights of the the past six months, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie set up a GoFundMe page. JL, he he uh, shams or shams. He he reported that he says he will sign a one-year deal with the NBA team. Fans aside, if they reach a Bitcoin target of roughly twenty-four million six hundred and thirty-two thousand six hundred and thirty dollars, uh, and then <laughs> after a day or two, uh, what happened there, JL? This was just the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> like, I don't even know what he was trying to do. Um, just wanted fans to to send him where I think it was just a cry for attention. He's obviously not happy at the Brooklyn Nets with <laughs> with Kyrie there and uh, Karis LeVert, you know, coming into his own. But I've never seen anything like it. And he took it down, didn't he, after only raising like $1,000? Yeah, he raised uh, $1,150 and then he donated it to Jared charity and that uh, that was after like a day or two and he just hadn't raised any money no one cared um well why would you like he's an nba player he's got millions of dollars yeah. it's not up to the public to to pay was, for him to play i was interested um to see how it was going to go when he first announced i was wondering how i mean i wasn't going to contribute but i was wondering how the sort of the the majority of the public would react to it but um yeah, I think overall you're joking if you think you're going to raise $24 million. <laughs> And in Bitcoin, is is it basically he was trying to raise it in Bitcoin so you had yeah, to donate your so. Bitcoin? Isn't Bitcoin so valuable? Like, oh, it, fl- it fluctuates like any other dollar, but 
just, I don't know what he was thinking, but it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. And then he just tried to play it cool, like on Twitter, when it sort of failed. And he's like, oh, I was just trying to have a bit of fun. I think he's lost yeah. the plot. Oh, he's a good uh, he's a good bench player. But anyway, May 18th, the Utah Jazzers. Now, these are, these are some, I don't know, I give a bit of a smirk to these ones. The Utah Jazzers. Bojan Bogdanovic undergoes season-ending surgery and is not expected back until the start of the 2020-2021 season. And so what I feel like the thinking here was, because he played through pain during the season, and I understand he's got a, uh, a few years left on his contract. He just went there. But if you had said to the Utah Jazz and Bojan, hey, playoffs coming in July, end of July, sort of thing, do you think that they would have still gone with this surgery? It's a tricky one because um, I suppose you you never know what a player is actually going through. Like you can look at Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics a few years ago where he was battling injury and then all of a sudden it ended his career. Um, so part of me wants to side with the player and give them the benefit of the doubt, but if there was no break, you would have made the assumption that he would have kept going. So yeah. is this a I'm going to lose my salary if I sit out? If I have my surgery now, I can sit out and keep my salary? Yeah. So yeah. who, knows, I just, who knows what's going on there? Yeah. Um, I just feel like, yeah, I definitely feel like they would have pushed for it because I know they didn't they didn't really fit well and they, they were just finding the fit or something like that with Conley and Bogdanovich. But- uh, they've got so many good players that I'm sure they were hoping to really challenge this year and uh, season-ending well, surgery. He's cr- not crucial to their team because obviously they've they had success last year without him. Mm. But he's a you know 20-point-a-game scorer when he's at his best, can shoot the three ball, can defend you know the two, three, four. It's just, yeah, he, he would have been very valuable for them to have him there in the bubble, but obviously they've made the, the decision that, it's better off, you know, to come back next year, come back next year healthy. That's it. And May 23rd, um, the NBA decided simply Vegas is not going to happen, but Disney World is going to happen. And I thought that was pretty straightforward. I don't know how they would have made it work in Vegas, um, especially with the way that the US is approaching the coronavirus. Um, And especially, I mean, not to point the finger, but with guys such as James Harden's reputation, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Las Vegas, I just yeah. feel like I don't, I'm not sure why that was a real consideration because well, I don't know how it you- wasn't when uh, Dennis Rodman was playing because <laughs> who knows who knows what would have happened. Um, so, and then May 25th, uh, a very substantial uh, day. George Floyd was killed uh, while being placed under arrest in Minneapolis. Um, sparks huge uh, social justice and Black Lives Matter movement worldwide. Uh, I know that you and I both feel that it's great that basically a majority of the world and especially the NBA and the players are supporting the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and putting social justice at the forefront as much as they can. Um, but, yeah, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the coronavirus have been the two sort of, at least in the media, worldwide um, dominant stories. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been like overwhelming in a way. Um, 
obviously our lives are very different here in Melbourne, Australia, compared to what it is in the United States. But I think um, Portland's now at 66 days of protests. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously come from, you know, a terrible incident, but it's not just this incident that started. It's, you know, years and years of tension and, you know, mistreatment of minorities. So it's it's great to watch, obviously, you know, what happened was absolutely atrocious and you wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Um, but the way that the players have stepped up, the way that the NBA is supporting the players, because like the the other American leagues probably wouldn't have taken the stance with the players, as, you know, as Adam Silver has. Yeah. So, you know, it's very progressive, the NBA, and like they will lose some fans of it because of this, but they're not worth, you know, they're not fans worth having anyway. That's um, right. So it's it's great that, you know, Silver's given the players the power and, yeah, it's like it's it's incredible to see and it's touching to hear all the players talk about it. Um, Jalen Brown spoke today about the third verse of the American National Anthem, which I'd never heard about and most Americans don't even know about apparently and it's, it talks about slavery and he says it's in, ingrained in their lives without people even realising. So it's great that people are now becoming more aware and hopefully it can create more positive changes going forward. That's it. Um, yeah, lots of good things happening in the NBA and basically anyone that's supporting these, the social justice that needs to happen in the world, that's that's what we want. Um, so May 31st, um, with all the protests going on, someone hurt, uh, damaged uh, <laughs> JR Smith's car. I mean, I, I just sort of... In this sort of timeline event, I I love J.R. Smith. I love J.R. Smith's dunks, and he's and he's um forgetting the score. Um, and he's always been I don't know, a fun player to watch for either the right reasons or the wrong reasons. I just I just love talking about J.R. Smith. <laughs> so anyway, and then he and anyway. So in a in a sort of I guess not a happy watch, but he he really um bashed a guy for for damaging his car it in was, the protests. It was instant karma. This wow. scrawny looking blonde man just, you know, worked his way and, you know, a six foot six athletic man comes across and just, you know, throws a few haymakers. Obviously you don't <laughs> want to see any violence, but if it's deserved, it's a lot it sits a lot easier with you. Let's see. It. Uh, so then, June, into June fourth, uh, the Board of Governors vote twenty nine to one in favour of the new format, the twenty two team format, um, in the Disney World bubble. And we get this feeling that it's getting really real. We're going to see some NBA return. Um, I know a few of these dates have changed, um, but basically, they they talked about training camp to be from uh, July 9th to eleventh. And then the 19 and 20 season will resume on July 31st. That eventually got changed to the 30th and will perhaps finish on October 12th. And the draft lottery, 25th of August, NBA draft, October 15th. And I believe that the finals last day that they're going to aim for, game seven, if it has to be, is the 17th of October. Free agency will start on October 18th and then training camp. Um, and then see the next season, 20 and 21, will start on December 1 if everything goes to plan. Very condensed. It's happening with all sports. I, I, I guess I'm just sort of relieved that I don't know what I was thinking or what I was predicting was going to happen with the NBA in terms of would they give the players another offseason 
um, I guess a lot depends on the coronavirus, but it's good to see that, you know, we're going to finish the finals in um, mid-October and then only a month and a half later we're going to get back into basically some real NBA. It's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, So June 8th, the Spurs announced that LaMarcus Aldridge actually had season-ending surgery on his right shoulder on the 24th of April, so now he won't be part of Orlando. And the the best part about this, like I was saying before, is that this announcement came out on June 8th. It's like, oh, the NBA is happening. <laughs> so yeah. he, he had this surgery in April when we thought it wasn't going to happen, we didn't tell anyone sort of thing. But we better tell everyone now that- um, Now that it know, matters. Yeah, and so that's another one. I think if they had known, it may you know if you could sort of go back in time and tell teams the exact time that the bubble would start, July thirtieth, then maybe surgeries may still happen literally on the day the NBA finished, and they would try and get them back quickly in five months. Just yeah, no, no one knew what was going to happen and how how hard the NBA would work to to get the players back on the court. Yeah, but uh, so. Lamarcus Aldridge, like Bogdanovich, not part of Orlando because of a sort of badly timed surgery. Uh, going on to June 12th, Kyrie Irving leads a call with the players pushing against the NBA bubble due to taking the focus off the off of the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I totally get where Kyrie and anyone uh, sort of is coming from with these um, approaches. I don't know, but I sort of can't help but feel like Kyrie being injured already. I don't know. I I I like to see the world where Kyrie was in full flight with KD with Brooklyn and they're first in the league. If if the same sort of thing happens, yeah, like it was a tricky one because I do get where he's coming from, um, but at the same time, now that the NBA is playing and obviously hindsight. Hindsight changes a lot of it, but you can see how the NBA is pushing the Black Lives Matter movement anyway. Um, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a tricky one, just because he felt like as a as an African American, you should be, you know, out there protesting with them as a lot of the players were, uh, just didn't want to be on the court. But yeah, if they were healthy, who knows what his mentality would have been? But I, I don't blame him for his attitude and his mindset, but at the same time, I can understand why a lot of the players disagreed and thought, let's use our platform and let's use the game to to promote Black Lives Matter. That's it. And moving into July, we're, we're getting close to the start. Uh, this is how you know it's a, a crazy year. Uh, Woj himself suspended by ESPN. From what I sort of gathered, uh, a senator, Josh Hawley, inquired um, about the NBA's promoting of social justice messages um, while they didn't promote law enforcement and they also weren't speaking up and condemning China's communism or Communist Party or something. Um, So Woj sent him an email. I'm not sure if it was a reply. I didn't look into it that much, but Woj sent him an email saying, F you, basically. <laughs> it's the best email he's ever sent, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably the most expensive Woj. one he's ever sent. Yeah, free Woj breakout, LeBron, everyone got on board and good on Woj. He seems like a good guy. Um, I feel like this senator is not really got the right approach. I mean, we all sort of would like to know a bit more about, I guess, the NBA's relationship with China, but yes, anyway, 
I'm with Woj. Um, free Woj. Well, he's free now. Free Woj. He's, 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 he's he back. Was freed yesterday or today. So the yeah, great man is roaming around the bubble, doing some damage. The great they, man got on him. I mean, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was last season. They had ads for Woj. ESPN had an ad for Woj. Do you remember that? No, that's first I've heard oh, of it. They had like like a 10-second ad, like it was even coming on in now ESPN Australia, like an ad promoting like Woj is the best news, like in a real <laughs> slow motion type. Oh, I love him. Uh, I, I just like, there's no way ESPN were going to sort of drop him for too long. He was always going to be back for the, the prime time. Um, anyway, and then July 24th, not too long ago, rumors and photos going around of Lou Will, the Lou Will, Sweet Lou. I was going to say Will the Thrill, but that's a different person. Um, at Magic City getting chicken wings and strippers. I don't know the <laughs> ins and outs of this. This Do was you? The, because was this uh, in Orlando? So it was in, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was in Atlanta, um, which. You know, Lou's played a lot of years there, so he knows the city quite well. So he left for the bubble with the NBA's permission to go to a funeral. Um, and then the same night of the funeral, rapper who I'd never even heard of before, Jack Harlow, um, mm. posts a photo of the two of them on Instagram. And they're both wearing face masks, or at least Lou Williams is anyway. Um, so then it starts going viral, being like, why is Lou Williams with Jack Harlow? And then he Jack Harlow tweets, sorry, it's an old photo. I just I just miss my friend Lou. But everyone was like, <laughs> the face mask he's wearing is the one that NBA gave out for the bubble. So obviously it's not an old photo. <laughs> so then Lou tried to, you know, go on damage control and said that anyone that knows him knows that his favorite place to get wings in Atlanta is the strip club Magic City. <laughs> so he had to go there. Apparently they went in and out, just got wings and left. Um even though the the strip club, which is be, this is bizarre to me, I can't cannot believe the strip club has a drive through. I didn't even know strip oh, clubs right. served food, let alone have a drive through. So he could have done that, but apparently he wanted to go in with a few people he was close with and have some have some wings. But I think it was Ch- Charles Barkley said he liked. Oh, no, no, it was um um Kenny Kenny the Jet Her- Smith <laughs> said he likes Brent's comedy as well. Yeah, Perkins wasn't happy, but Kenny the Jet Smith said, oh, he wanted his breasts and legs. So I don't think he was there for the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess good old Lou Will, and I I reckon that contributed to the the Clippers' loss to the Lakers on opening night. Definitely. Missing Lou Will and... um, But I can't can't uh, believe how how light Lou Williams got off. Yeah. Um, He put, like... He did put the entire entire bubble at jeopardy, um, and you know he just got his ten day quarantine, which was going to happen anyway. So the fact that there was no suspensions a bit beyond me. I thought it would have set a good precedence, but apparently the NBA believes him. They took his side. He just wanted to go there for a meal. Yeah. Well, all right. So while we're on this topic, let me ask you this: Do you think that you know hidden in there somewhere in the bubble, there's a there's a strip club sort of set up? Definitely not. Definitely not? No. There's no one in the bubble. I don't know, man. Unless you've got some some strippers living in there with the players. I, I, I wouldn't put it past like let's <laughs> think about how much let's think about how much money is up Did here you see, and at stake. Um 
What's his name? Jared Dudley said the hardest thing about the bubble is going to be that there's no women there to spend your time with. <laughs> well, like, I'm so not sure how NBA true it was. After the players. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, I'm not sure how true it was, but there was a tweet straight away. It was like, and it was like a girl. She's like, I've just been invited into the bubble. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows? But that could just be a cry for attention. But yeah, that's right. But I honestly. If it somehow came out, which it never would, that there is some sort of arrangement in the bubble for um, erotic entertainment, um, I because <laughs> think of it like what I said about James Harden the other day. Isn't there stats about where James Harden plays worse and it's in Miami because he loves going to the strip club in, in Miami or something like that? Anyway, that's for Reddit. It's, you've that's got a Reddit your tinfoil hat and your conspiracy theories around <laughs> Um, all I know is Joel Embiid's got his 88-inch, I think he said, 88-inch TV um, in his room where he's playing his video games. He's a big FIFA man, I believe. So That's I'm, ridiculous. I'm happy. The players were complaining, but they're living a pretty good life at the moment. 88-inch, <laughs> like... That's unbelievable. Anyway, let's let's move on. July twenty fifth, Vince Carter. Like this is not got enough like like um popularity or doesn't have like a hovering like cloud over us. I feel like it should. Vince Carter announces his retirement. What a sad retirement for one of the you know most long tenured players ever and one of the greatest players ever. Um, he's he had to finish up in such a shitty way. Well, at least he did get. I think he was halfway through the game when the news came out the league was going to be suspended after the night that it did. Um, so at least he got to finish the second half and he, he hit a three there at the end of the game. So yeah. I think he yeah. knew then himself that it was probably done. Um, and then, yeah, when he did announce his retirement, obviously there was the social media post, but it didn't probably didn't get as much attention as it deserved because everyone was so excited for the, the restart of the season. But, yeah, he was, like you said, he was an amazing player, um, brought basketball to – to Canada, you know, when he was in Toronto, was um, just such a big figure there. Um, and, yeah, along with Tracy McGrady as well. So he will be missed. Um, always exciting. He has probably the best dunk package you'll ever see um, and a few big clutch shots um, in his time. But, yeah, we'll miss you, Vince, um, if he's if he's listening. I think he's a big fan of the show. <laughs> yeah, he loves the show. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was sad. The, the way he went out was a bit – Bit underwhelming, I suppose. And then simply, I mean, we might, we've probably missed some of the the good stories, but simply July 30, 30th, the Jazz played the Pelicans um, to open up the the first you know seeding games they're called of the NBA bubble, the eight seeding games, the first competitive games. And uh, do you know who scored the first points of that game? The man that started it all. <laughs> The, whoever, writes, whoever writes the script for the NBA, just <laughs> <laughs> there's so many good storylines. No, but it's good. To, I've never even seen Rudy Gobert pull a post move out like that. And yeah, scored the first yeah. two points. So good on him. And, and then he scored like the, that, we were, the winning free throws to um, win the game as well. It's um, it's just it's just good to have basketball back. And I'm I'm glad Rudy was was able to score the first two points because it was just a good you know back on track moment. That's it. I mean, so to quickly recap, so in this season, you you have to count it as this season. In this nineteen twenty uh, NBA season, um, we started off with Daryl Morey 
tweeting in support for Hong Kong and then that, you know, sparking real controversy with China and China's relationship with the NBA. And then, of course, I mean, I'm probably going to miss stuff, but then, of course, there was the sad passing of Kobe. And then little did we know there would be the coronavirus and everything that's come with the coronavirus. And and here we are on the 3rd of August and the NBA is still not finished. It's just, just crazy. Yeah, it's been full on. Um, lots of ups and downs, probably more downs than anything, but I guess it puts things into perspective for you and helps you helps you appreciate the little things we do and how, how important the NBA is to a lot of fans out there. Yeah, and a quick couple of notes that sort of happened as well, a uh, couple of announcements. Um, the Bulls got a new GM. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, That that happened, I believe. Was it a GM or a coach? There's, it was GM. Yeah. GM, and uh, the Knicks got a new coach, new head coach, uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau. I can't believe he, it. Five-year be- deal. <laughs> can't believe it. Absolute joke. Don't get me started on his name. He will be on a five-year contract. Um, and this is sad, man. This, this I, I should have said this before in the whole sum-up of the whole year. The NBA ball is going from Spalding to Wilson starting next season. And Spalding has been the NBA ball since 1983. I did see it was exclusively for the NBA. Is that when... The merger happened in 1983, or do you know history? I'm not sure. Oh, you're, you're pushing me here, Nath. Um <laughs> I think the merger was a few years before that. I reckon it was late 70s, but yeah, don't don't quote me on that. I could be very wrong. But I've got an official um, Spalding. I think you know. I've got an official NBA game ball. You and do. I'm very very sad that it's going to be. Yeah, little things like that going to Wilson. Uh, anyway, and I've just I've just had a uh, a source in my ear tell me that uh, the merger was in 1976. So once again, I'm I'm good at my job. Oh, we love our producers here at the Bronx Cheer Basketball. Uh, so, and uh, in terms of players that opted out of coming to the bubble, there's a lot of players that are injured or I guess still dealing with the coronavirus. But Trevor Ariza, I believe he is something to do with his son, opted out, didn't want to come. Everything is for me, and I'm sure yourself, it's totally understandable not wanting Definitely. to come. There's Definitely. a lot of health reasons. I think pretty much all of these are health reasons for either family or themselves. Yeah, so Ariza is not coming for the Trailblazers. I'm not sure who they might have recruited to fill that hole, but um, Davis Birdtons for the Wizards, Avery Bradley for the Lakers, and they plugged in J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, is not coming for the Mavericks, and so they got uh, Trey Burke, who the Sixers waived. Um, Wilson Chandler for the Nets. I think his reason was, I mean, general just health, but I just think a lot of the Nets just didn't want to come. <laughs> <Sort of. Yeah. laughs> Kyrie um, was uh, was leading the charge there, I think. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. No one wanted to piss off Kyrie. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is a free agent, and I guess, I don't know, maybe he just didn't even get invited. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie got the virus, health, didn't want to come. He's Nets. DeAndre Jordan, same story. And Tabo, is it Tabo or Thabo? Tabo. Tabo. Tabo Cephalosha for the Rockets, also similar story, not coming. They, I'm not sure if it actually officially happened, but I'm pretty sure they picked up Luke Mbamute um, to that, fill that, that hole. That rings a bell. That rings a bell. 
Um, which is crazy because after all this shuffling around and them getting rid of Mbamute and Ariza, what what was Mbamute doing? Has he dropped form or something? I feel like I haven't heard his name properly, but he's one of those he? players. He just pops up every few years in a new team and just manages to stay in stay in the league because he was so good with the Rockets. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago. Anyway, I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the Prince. Luke, um, Luke and Bar and Ruse, I can't believe he's a prince of night, Cameroon. He's, he's the a, guy who discovered uh, Joel Embiid. So always. Yeah. So you can be always, thankful for him. Always a happy man. So just quickly, uh, first impressions of the games. Um, any game you want to sort of speak about? Well, uh, not in particular. Just as a, as an over, like just an overview, the players have actually looked pretty good. Um, mm. Offensively, anyway. Defensively, there's been, you know, a few. They're obviously just still adjusting to to getting back to it, um, missing a few rotations and things like that. Um, but it's been good. Um, the players look look fit and healthy. They um, obviously the scrimmages couldn't really take much from them, but just yeah. help the players get into their rhythm a bit. Um, and yeah, it's been been really exciting. The the broadcast has been good. It actually makes you feel like yeah, there's crowd there. Obviously, it's not as exciting you know with with no big crowd chants or anything like that. Um, going to like, you know down the wire in the fourth quarter but it it feels like a it feels like you're there well not you're there but it feels like it's back to normal and the games matter and it's important so it's been successful well, so well, far let I me think. ask you how you've been taking it in with the um the the atmosphere the experience because obviously down here with our Aussie rules and other sports and even worldwide soccer um, there's been a lot of uh, inserted fake crowd noise that just the viewers get. How have you felt like in comparison to that, the NBA's, um, what are they called? The virtual crowd? The virtual fans, yeah. And they're actually, the audio is, is it actually coming from them or are they got a fake I, crowd I, noise I think it's well? a fake crowd noise as well. Um, okay. But I was on League Pass today and it said um, cheer for your team and there was a button there and you could choose which team you wanted to cheer for. So maybe it's something to do with like you press the button and it makes noise, it generates noise through the TV. I've got wow. no idea at the moment, but it it feels pretty natural. So I'm not going to question it if it's working. So yeah, it's a, I just it's feel a tick like for me. there has been. I don't know. Maybe it's because maybe literally the virtual crowds have not had a lot of people there. But I've just felt that sometimes it is nearly no noise. And with what we've seen with other sports, that if you get the crowd or the fake crowd noise, like if you do it right, it it you know it helps for us viewers at home. So I just feel like maybe they could step up the the sort of the fake crowd noise a bit the replica what's uh, um, yeah it's not perfect but it's it's pretty good yeah um so anyway yeah so i guess apart from that the only sort of thing i guess i could mention is that um i've been impressed that the teams that aren't battling for their those playing tournaments the eighth and the ninth spots um who don't have much to play for like for example that clippers lakers game the the standings i mean i know the clippers the clippers are are only sort of two games ahead of denver but i just feel like the clippers especially with what they're used to um resting Kawhi leonard and paul george they cared a lot more and teams teams up the top who don't really have to care are actually caring they're they're playing um maybe to get into a bit of rhythm um, so I thought that that's been good. Um, I think everyone's going crazy about bowl bowl. So I'm happy to 
see him playing. He's pretty good. What have, what have you thought of Bol Bol? He's interesting to watch. Um, he definitely has the same body as his father, uh, Manute Bol, who yeah. obviously played played for the uh, Washington Bullets back in the day. Um, and the Sixers. He, he was at the Sixers for a while. Who did he hit six threes and a half with? Was that Washington? Or no, that, I'm sure that was – I mean, we had a – we had a bullets-looking jersey that whole. Oh, I don't even know how to describe the child, it. But oh, it was so bad. That, yeah, that I hate the, it. Coming up from the shorts, the big like arch. Yeah. almost. I don't know how to describe it. The big it, but- um, clip art graphics. You remember clip art? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he hit those six threes with us. Anyway, yeah, I, I, it's hard to comment on Bowl Bowl. It's only been you know a few games and stuff like that, but. Um, in my, I've always got the approach that if you're a big man and you can shoot, that's just awesome for the modern game. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like the goat or anything like that, but moving forward, if yeah, as I said, you can stay on the floor if you can shoot, basically at any position. Yeah, so it's just if you can shoot and you can defend, you're going to get minutes in the NBA. If you can do yeah. one or the other, you'll be fighting for a spot. Um his defense, he's long at the moment, so he's going to get a lot of blocks, but his help defense doesn't look very good. His timing mm. isn't great. But like those things will come. Um, it's when you've got a body like that, and obviously he has had his foot injuries, but with just the size, you may as well try and get him some minutes, minutes now and see what he can do. And even if you use him you know, for a few minutes here and there, like he, he's had some good passes, which I didn't think he could. I didn't think he had that vision, so... He's obviously got some skill and some feel for the game, so give him a few minutes and just see what pans out, I suppose. That's it. And uh, I guess, uh, as I said, like I think the main um, objective for teams that don't care too much about this sort of seeding period, the seeding games, for example, like the Lakers who are five and a half games ahead of second and the Bucks who are six games ahead of second, these teams and even like ones like that are all just playing to get into a bit a bit of rhythm. Um, whereas, like when we move down to that, as I said, that that battle for eighth, um, especially, I mean, in the in the West, we can quickly mention that in the East, um, the the Brooklyn Nets are sitting in eighth, and they are they're seven games ahead of the Wizards. <laughs> they're home and hosed. And you you could say that they're home and hosed um, simply because the Wizards haven't brought Bradley Beal, I believe. Did he have surgery or he's injured or he just didn't come or? No idea. I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. Brad, Beal's not there and with obviously walls out and with no Beal. And Bertan's not there. The, the Wizards and the Nets have both thrown in the towel. See, whereas if, yeah, basically if the Wizards had actually come and tried with Beal and, and co., um, they could catch the Nets because the Nets aren't trying. Basically, no. Karis Levert's probably going to be the highest scoring. He's going to have the highest score. He's going to be the highest scorer for the bubble, I'd say. Mm. Um, he had a lot 34. of opportunity and a lot of touches. That's it. He had 34 today, I think it was. And Anyway, but that's just whatever. Even when either of those teams make it in, let's just say it's Brooklyn, I think the Bucks could probably play about two quarters of Giannis and then Giannis will play about 14 minutes per game and dominate. And He'll have 30 points, 15 rebounds. <laughs> See, I think, that, like, obviously, I think Milwaukee, and they've proven all season long that they're, they're the best team in the league. Um, whether or not I'd give them the, the title favourites yet, I'm not sure. But 
the fact that their first round is going to be such a war, you know, just they're going to breeze through that. They're going to come into the second round healthy. They're going to come into it fresh. There's a big advantage for them, you know, that no other teams are going to get. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> because every other team can put up a fight, whereas Brooklyn and on the very offhand, off chance Washington get there, they are just going to fold so easily. Yeah. So let's talk about the real sort of main event of these seeding games. It's over in the West. And what we have is um, some awesome looking standings. I mean, the Mavs are safe in, in seventh. They're not going to. They're seven games ahead of the Grizzlies as it yeah, stands right now. They're locked in. So the way it works is uh, at the end of these seeding games, if the team that's in ninth is within four games um, of the team that's in eighth, then they will play a, what's called a double elimination, which the team that's ninth will have to win two to progress to the playoffs and the team that's eighth will only have to win one of those games to progress to the playoffs. So just a little two-game series. Yeah, and and it's not just like, um, yeah, that's basically the gist of it, I guess. Yeah, little two-game series and advantage is the eighth. What what are you thinking? Like when you look at these schedules of uh, Memphis, San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento and Phoenix, these, what is that, six teams that are all sort of battling out. When you look at the schedules, think about the results that have just happened these last couple of days. What's your gut feeling of of uh, eighth and then ninth? Well, all season long, everyone's been talking about how New Orleans have such an easy ride home um, and they've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams that are either seventh, eighth, or lower in their mm. in their um in their conference. So they will be coming home hard, but obviously they're a few games back at the moment. But um there's a good chance they'll pop into probably ninth would be my guess. Um so I th- my guess would be Memphis and New Orleans battling for eighth and ninth. Memphis do you think eighth or Yeah, so they're sitting eighth at the moment. Um they don't have the easiest ride home. Uh, the last three or four games, OKC, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, all pretty strong teams. Um, but I think they will hold on. Um, ja Morant leading them from the front there. He's been playing well already in the bubble. So I think they'll hold on. And then yeah. the the next three in terms of um, San Antonio, Portland, and the Pelicans, um, you know, there's only a game and a half between them. But I think New Orleans' easy run home will will be the difference there. Yeah, Memphis do. I mean, they're lucky they've got that sort of advantage because they do have their fair share of tough games. Um, Portland obviously got the uh, the win the other day over Memphis in that overtime thriller. And I didn't happen to catch the game today. Did you watch the game Portland against Boston this morning? I didn't get up at 5.30 this morning, um, <laughs> but I, watched, I did watch the replay. Um, local time, local Melbourne time. Yeah, so look... Boston got out to a 20-point lead early on. Um, Portland came back, got up with a few minutes to go, and then Boston just sort of managed to sneak past them at the end. Um, but Portland are looking look, – they're looking good. Uh, they're looking like the conference finals team of last year. Nurkic is playing good basketball. He had 30 points again today, um, a few rebounds. But he's such a good passer for a big man, so that definitely opens up the floor for him. Um, yeah. Gary Trent Jr., who's 
you know, he hasn't played that many NBA minutes, but he had seven threes today. So <laughs> if that's, you know, if that's something that's going to come regularly, that's a big advantage for him. Um, and then obviously you don't really need to say it much, but Lillard and McCollum, obviously you know what they're going to get. And then um, Zach Collins has come back. So he's a good defender on the interior, can can stretch the floor a bit and is quite athletic. So they've got a pretty good lot. Like they're obviously, I think they're the best team of the ones fighting for the playoff spot, but that's right. Yeah. They've obviously got a disadvantage being, you know, two and a half games back already. So we'll, we'll see how they go there. Yeah. I, I, I like, honestly, just as like a, you want the highest quality. I um, am hoping that Portland find a way to get in that sort of playing game because I think that they can give anyone trouble with, with Nurkic uh, back and Collins back, who they were just struck. This is why they're so low because those two were out and they sort of they were their main guys, which is why they had to bring in Mallow just for a bit more size and Hassan Whiteside a bit more size. Um, but with Nurkic back and Collins back and Trent Jr. being a a you know a, a bright spark and Anthony Simons also being a, a nice young bright spark, they they're dangerous. I mean, and if they had a Reza, not that he's like like the main piece or anything, but that would be, yeah. Um, I hope that they can get in there. But uh, realistically, I think looking at everyone's schedule, um, San Antonio have done two on the trot. They've done all right. I don't think the Kings are helping themselves with their start off with their two losses. They lost to Orlando today, and that's just not good for what they're trying to do. And they don't have Marvin Bagley. Other than that, it looks like they've got a pretty full side. Yeah. Um, Harry Giles, know, just, is, Harry Giles is fit and healthy, which I love Harry Giles, so I'm excited. Yeah. And Fox is obviously. I love their whole side. Wow. I, just, I, just, I don't know what's wrong with the Kings. You know, Buddy Hield is still on the bench and they're having problems. Um, I miss the Kings of last season. Um, what was their coach called? And then they, they fired. Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager. And what, what did you say? He There was something. You said he was like a bad guy. There was just some internal beef, apparently. Um, yeah, and I just don't understand story, that yeah. because they were just such a happy team and fast pace. And anyway, I don't think the Kings are going anywhere. I mean, they got an easy game against Brooklyn. I think the Pelicans will rise up twice against them. They're playing each other twice. Um, the Kings aren't going anywhere. The Spurs have done well to start off with two wins, especially over um, Memphis. That was a good start. And but they do have a tough schedule. Phoenix are just too far back, unfortunately. And we know that it's tough when you don't have big banger banes, even though they've started with two wins and they got they a have. good win today over Dallas. Yeah, they just um, held on against Dallas. Um, yeah, unfortunately, against- yeah, unfortunately, the, the way this system works that You've got to be within four games of eighth, but you also have got to be technically ninth. You've got to be above. So whoever's ninth is going to be more than four games, you'd think. There'd be yeah. at least three or two games within eighth, and I just don't think um, Phoenix can make up that buffer. So I think it's, yeah, probably just out of uh, – so Memphis will probably stay there, you'd say. And then, as you said, New Orleans' schedule is pretty nice. Um, playing the Kings, the the Wizards, uh, the Magic, and the Kings again. Um, if they just play Zion a, a few more minutes, um, they can grant JJ Reddick's wish for him to play playoffs <laughs> every season of his career. Yeah. 
Um, but I think the, the other thing that I think gets overlooked is that, you know, teams like Phoenix, like Sacramento, um, that haven't played playoff basketball in a long time, this is a good opportunity for them to get that feeling. Um, you know, the, the stars yeah. are playing high minutes. These games are playoff games for them. So, you know, while they may not make it, it's just such a good experience where every possession counts way more than it would in the regular season. So, um, hopefully for those teams, if nothing else, I'll just get some development out of it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, just to sort of sum up, I think that I really hope that Portland get in because the side that they have, I think, can uh, take on anyone. But uh, anyway, so that's pretty much what we're looking at and what we're looking forward to in the bubble. How are you feeling about the Celtics? Up and down. Um, I, I I am confident with them. I don't think they're going to get out of the East, but uh, depending on the first round matchup, we'll see how we go. I'd love to play Indiana because I think um, Boston would, you know, definitely the better team there. Um, I would feel confident against the Sixers, against your Sixers, but obviously they they match up so differently, and it's one of those things. What does the coach do? Do you try and play to your strengths, or do you try and defend the opposition's strengths? And obviously with Philly, such big wings and good defenders, during that awkward position of do you try and play big or do you try and beat them with pace? So who knows how they'll go, um, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, my sixes started off with a, a bad loss the other day and Bede had 41 and 21 um, and something like a plus 20 and when we lost. <laughs> and that's just a summary of our last couple of years of Embiid. He just does everything right and everyone else just doesn't contribute. EJ but, Warren dropping 53. Oh, oh, my gosh. And he just could have missed, man. He just no, – He was oh. incredible. And also Ben, ben was not good. Ben was just – lazy and then of course we find a good lineup you know and having Al Horford not start and Shake Milton's going to be the point guard we get Ben Simmons to accept um playing the four playing the four and then what happens at quarter time uh and first quarter Joel and Shake Milton bloody argue and oh that's just exactly what we wanted so anyway yeah the Sixers obviously still don't um have it worked out sort of thing they just don't have that and, identity that contenders do. Yeah, and I think that um, when we talk about, you know, what, what the bubble, who who's going to benefit from the bubble and who's going to be disadvantaged just on like, you know, novelty levels or crowd and stuff like that, you didn't know with the Sixers because they're so bad away this season, so good at home. But I think from what I, unless it's just, I know it's only one game, but if, yesterday's anything to go by, I think maybe we're going to disadvantage because we need that crowd to pump us up. Mm. Um, is there any teams that you can think that are really amplified, going to do worse or better because of the, the bubble? I don't, other than the Philly, because you know, as, as you mentioned, their record <laughs> home and away is just day and night. Um, but there's no other real teams that are, you know, rely on their home crowd too much. Um, yeah. Obviously, someone like Denver, they use, they're not really a quick team anymore, but Denver's always traditionally pushed the pace because they're playing at such a high altitude and, altitude and they use that at their advantage. Yeah. Um, you know, try and run teams off the floor because they're obviously a little bit fitter being, being in the mountains. Um, but now that that's taken out, doesn't really help them too much, but I don't think that'll really affect them. 
Um, while their players sort of run around quite a lot, getting you know getting fed from Jokic in the middle, um, they don't play the fastest brand of basketball. So look, I I think that it's a pretty even playing field and probably like the most the most even playoffs we might have with no home court advantage. Yeah, that's it. I think the only one that I can just pluck out for the sake of it is maybe the Clippers, and this is just clutching at straws. I think that. I don't know. I've just got this feeling that the clip, and I, I, I guess I've been saying the Clippers are going to win the championship all season, but I just feel like Kawhi, he's not going to care, but Kawhi will, it's like, it feels like it's, we're talking about his, his comfort. You know, he's going to, there's no one there. He'll just lock in. And whereas, you know, there's other players that sort of, they just really thrive off they the feed crowd. off the energy. Yeah. But the other so, thing is as well that, Say the Lakers and Clippers do meet up in the in the uh, conference finals, like like's possible at the moment. Um, there would be seven home games for the Lakers if the, if that did happen, because you know the the Lakers would obviously have a bigger crowd there. But now that there's no crowd, it actually oh, you know, yeah. it evens the playing field out a bit more for those two teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how it does come to effect. But right now, I just just got to look forward to it, I suppose, because there's no way of knowing. Well, I think that might just. Uh sort of bring us to the end for today. I think we want to uh, catch up again maybe in a week's time and just sort of go over what's been happening and catch up on the the race for eighth in the West. But I don't know. You, you got anything else? I don't. Um, just just looking forward to what we have to come. Obviously, we, we had to do a bit of a recap of what we've missed. But as of what stands now, it's just – yeah, the race to the eighth and now seeding pans out, but that's all going to be speculation. So we'll just have to wait and see see what happens there. And once we know who's playing who, we can you know finally start to discuss and work it out. Teams match up against each other. Well, thank you to all our listeners. Make sure you go follow us on Facebook, The Bronx Sheer Basketball, Twitter the same, Instagram the same, and also find us on Spotify or any podcast app that you listen to. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Thank you, JL. It's my pleasure. It's good to be back.